0: Tanya for the twenty-eighth of Tavis. First, a story. The balshemtiv was accustomed to see many poor people, and on one occasion, um, the person that had the responsibility of giving out the money on behalf of the balshemtiv came into the balshemtiv and said that the poor person that was receiving the money wanted a much larger amount of money than the usual amount. And after going back a few times, the Bashantov told the man, okay, they told his attendant, send the poor man in, let me talk to him. So they came in, the Bashantov asked this man, why, why is he demanding more than the regular amounts? that The Bashantov allotted the people that came by. And he, said, he told the Boshantov, he said, I used to be a very, very successful person. And people remember how wealthy I used to be. And therefore, in light of that, they give me much larger donations, and while he was talking to the Bhashantar, he said to the Bhashantar, I was very wealthy. Why did I lose all my money? The Bhashantar says, "You, where the Bhashantar was gently reminding him, he said many, many years earlier, this man had once been very wealthy and he had he had, had a snuff box and he had smelled, he was in the shawl, and he had smelt the snuff box and he passed it around to all the people sitting next to him and there was a poor man on the other side of the show who saw the snuff box being passed around and came and asked could, could he smell some of the snuff box and this wealthy man had slammed the snuff box in shut in the man's in the poor man's face and the Moshantah said in Shemaim, they decided that this man was going to lose his fortune and in fact all the money the, or like the wealth that this man had until then was going to go to this poor person and the man, the now poor man, told the Baal Shemda, all right, well, that's, how do I fix it? How do I get, how do I fix this and become wealthy again? And the Baal said the only way to do this would be if that poor man was now to reject you from having snuff, then the money would switch and he'd become a poor person again and you would become a rich person. And so this poor man, left Mezbush and traveled to his original city where he was from. And he started investigating about this poor person and discovered that, as the Zabashantov had said, this man was very, very wealthy now. And that man was also making a wedding. So the man, the poor man, who used to be a rich man, went to to the wedding of this now very wealthy man. And he waited till the man, it came to the part of the dancing where the father of the bride was just starting to dance. And he goes up to him and says... Can I get some snuff? And he was sure that the man would, of course, throw him out or say something rude. The man um, connected the two people he was dancing with, their hands together. He went to go get the snuff and he brought it to the poor man. And when the poor man saw that the rich man wasn't treating him the same way he had treated him so many years ago, he fainted. And the man was shocked. He didn't understand what was going on. And they woke him, and he took care of this poor man. And finally, the the poor man started telling him, it's all your fault. I could have become so rich, but look, you you, you ruined it. So the wealthy man said, tell me what you're talking about. And he told him the whole story. He told him what the Bashan had told him. And the rich man's heart went out for this poor man. And he said, listen, don't don't worry anymore about collecting. You stay in this city, and I'll take care of you for the rest of your life. You don't have to worry about about." Your life of poverty anymore. I'll 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 take care of you from now on. The in, in the Tanya so far, the Bainani and the Tzaddik have very different missions, have very different ideas of what's going on inside of them. Though on the surface they both look so f- similar, and both of them have their thought, speech, and action completely under control. And when you look at them at surface value, they're incredibly perfect people. Once you start to go a little deeper, you start to notice massive differences between the Bainini and the Tzaddik. And as we said yesterday, the Tzaddik has this incredible experience, almost like receiving his reward during his lifetime, while the Bainini on the other hand, struggles and has to battle every single moment, continuously reminding himself how far he would go for God, and that every single decision he has to continuously reinforce and reinvigorate himself, especially in his weakest form, that he can't go against God. And now we're, we're troubleshooting more of the questions. And based on everything we said until now, we understand why it says, be be righteous and don't be wicked. If it says, if we were promised before we came down into this world, and neshama promises they'll be righteous, why be righteous and don't be wicked? Of course, if you're going to be righteous, you're not going to be wicked. No righteous person is also wicked. Says the Alchavim, no. We're being told, be righteous and don't be wicked, because there's something else going on over here. There's something that's deeper. De it's puzzling. So, what's the answer? The author says We're promi- we promise to be righteous, but the truth of the matter is, as the, the Tanya already established, it's impossible for most people to be righteous. So says the says the 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 people making the soul swear before it comes to this one okay if you're not at least going to be perfectly righteous at least don't be wicked don't be what don't be anything but a bane don't let yourself be wicked but at least the the best case scenario if you're not going to be righteous at least be a bane and don't be a wicked person why? Because that's in someone's ability. Because the ability to not do a single sin and the ability to become a being is in the control of a person and therefore the promise of the soul before it comes down to this world that it will not be a wicked person. That's something that the soul could actually see through. Whether it's... It's being perfect, or being let's call it a bainani in keeping away from evil or doing positive. And there's no positive more than Taya, because tayra is equal to all the mitzvahs. But the bainani has the ability to completely be perfect or not be wicked, and that therefore it was it's fully within its ability to, to promise I'll be a tzaddik, and if I can't be a tzaddik, at least I won't be a rasha. So now here comes the problem. If we promise to be righteous to the best of our ability and we've established that it's impossible, then why do we promise? Why do we make this promise that, that it's, I mean, it's a promise of futility. We're saying we're going to be a tzaddik and we've made it clear throughout chapter 14, it's impossible to become a tzaddik. So then, what, what? How do we? How do we make use of this? We we swore to do something that we clearly can't see through because one of the biggest principles of the Tanya is that we have the ability to become a vanity in brackets and not the ability to become a tzaddik. So how do we make? How do we make honest of a promise to be righteous? by dedicating certain moments of our life to try fake being a tzaddik, Let me, let me explain. We should dedicate times in our life to detest evil a person should look at the 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 luxuries and the indulgences that exist in this world and focus on the negativity of them why focus on the negativity of them because then he'll start to the test if a person has a temptation towards um women, for example, and then appreciates that a woman is a body full of filth, because inside of every person there's filth, and they start to visualize the filth and disgustingness, they'll start to lose their appetite towards it, or if a person starts to have has a particular appetite towards a delicacy and realizes that it's just going to end up becoming waste when it passes through the body... They'll start to find this chocolate cake distasteful and they start just uh, um, imagining all the things that they find to be very pleasurable in this world and start just going through the process and imagining the disgustingness associated with it. It will start to condition their mind to hate things that aren't godliness. And the flip side, of course. And the flip side, a person should start to get a deep delight and rejoicing in God. Now the truth of the matter is, as we already explained in the previous days, having a true rejoicing in God, this delight of Godliness... It's not something that anyone but a tzaddik could really accomplish. It's an incredibly high level. The Benin is not on that level in the slightest. Because if he were, he would be disgusted by 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 um, evil, and he would be a perfect person. And he's not that. The Benin is a person who struggles deeply with every single temptation. But he should practice having these types of... Um, Fake experiences, giving himself an illusion like he actually delights in God. Why? Because he has an obligation to try be a tzaddik. This is his best shot. Fake it until you make it. There's a very interesting story that someone came to the Rebbe and told the Rebbe, he was a a bacha, and he came to the Rebbe and he told the Rebbe that he's realized he has a problem, he is very egotistical, and he wants advice from the Rebbe how he should um, deal with his egotistical problem. And he was expecting the Rebbe to be disgusted and horrified that he has an ego problem. The Rebbe didn't seem concerned about it. And the Rebbe said, okay, big deal. So you have gaiva, you have arrogance. And he was very confused why the Rebbe wasn't so bothered about it. And the Rebbe explained, be the person that you, that you think you are. You think you're an arrogant person, good. Be that person that deserves to be arrogant. A very deep lesson. The Bainani is faking to be a righteous person. Will he be able to reach to be a tzaddik? Unlikely. Maybe Hashem will give him that gift. But at least he's doing his duty of trying to be a tzaddik. Even though he might not be able to ever accomplish being a tzaddik, because tzaddikim are people that are born that way. And this person isn't. He's born a bainani. But what happens is that his disgust of Evil and his pleasure of godliness will start to become a second nature to him. the altar says. Firstly, it, the, if a person does this exercise, technically an exercise in fertility, because a Benin is a at Sadiq, a and very different types of people and experiences. And are born that way, like Ev says, are created that way. But the, the Benin going through this experience, detesting evil and loving godliness and getting a delight in godliness, will start to condition himself to having this type of experience. And that's good for him. Hating evil is fantastic for him. And loving godliness is wonderful for him. And additionally, the final point of the, of of today's tanya is that if he tries hard enough, he might be able to have a tzaddik. And this is a kabbalistic idea, which is basically it's a soul impregnating another soul it's a very interesting idea i don't fully understand it myself but the idea is that tzaddik, souls are able to impact other souls kind of touch other souls and if a person tries hard enough there might be a tzaddik that's existing at that time they'll be able to impact this being and his soul to let him have the experience of a tzaddik I don't fully understand the the full impact of what this all means, but this is an idea that the Al concludes today's Tanya on. Thank you so much for joining the Tanya And Elizabeth Batlay and anyone else who needs a Vushleba? have a wonderful and very successful week.